From the Freemasons to lizard people, the Denver International Airport attracts a diverse array of conspiracy theories. Its swastika-shaped runways, absurdly excessive budget, and strangely esoteric murals and symbols could convince even the staunchest skeptic that all is not as it seems at the DIA. This week on Unknowable, we delve into the wild world of conspiracies that surround the Denver International Airport. Hello and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we have a topic that's super deep and super wide in its scope, the Denver International Airport. It's intense. Before we start, I will say we're doing a contest. Y'all need to watch out for. Check it out. It's going to be super cool. Keep an eye on our Instagram, Unknowable Podcast, Mm -hmm. and watch us on Facebook. We now have a group and a fan page. Just search a noble podcast. You'll find both of them. Yeah. But um, we're giving away some super cool items to celebrate 10,000 downloads, which we have now blown by. Yep. We're a little over 12,000 now, but we'll get there. that is here, neither here nor there. Um, but we've got a super cool little DB Cooper, kind of like a DB Cooper on a parachute figurine, yeah. which is awesome. Right. Um, Thank you to 20,000 Leagues. Yes. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon, and we've got a solid perfume. Yep. That is, uh, the name of it is Skinwalker. It smells like rotting flesh and <laughs> desert cacti. Yes. Not not actually, though. Maybe. It smells like, actually smells really good. I bet so. It arrived, and it's not even, I mean, it's in its little case, but I yeah. can smell it when it got here, and I was like, ooh. See, the, the Skinwalker has to lure you to it. With yeah. Its, with its aphrodisiac quality. I did have some kind of weird feelings about that. Oof. Yeah. It's that weird. is a... A seller, Fabled Fragrances, out of Austin, Texas. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, these were not provided to us. We purchased them. (laughs) Yeah. But these sellers are awesome. And there's also going to be a Polybius sticker, Mm -hmm. which is badass. Yeah. Um, That's an artist that goes by D. Navarro. Is that Dave Navarro? (laughs) Is that you, Dave? The Dave Navarro? (laughs) I like to think so. Among some other cool things. So just keep an eye out. We're going to be doing that pretty soon. Stay so, tuned. Stay tuned. But Denver International Airport is insane. It is wild. This is one of my my foundational topics. Back in high school, sitting alone at the computer in the dark, couldn't sleep. At our mom's house. At our mom's house, <laughs> trying to just find weird shit that, I, that interested me. And I had no knowledge of the Denver International Airport found this on some backwater of the internet and just dove deep. And I like, you know, four hours later, I'm like bleary eyed. It's like two in the morning and I'm like, wow, what did I just read? I like, this is the headquarters of the Illuminati. Why isn't this more of a thing? Why don't people know about this? Yeah. I was like Charlie day, that meme of Charlie where he's like, has like all like, like the red string behind him and he's all like tweaked out with a cigarette in his hand. That was me at like two in the morning. Oh yeah. Reading about Denver International Airport. And also today, yes, because Gray's wife, Abby, sent me a picture today <laughs> of Gray on the couch, apparently yep. re-explaining the Denver airport to her. Oh, yeah, for like, like the fifth time. Yeah. And she was like looking like Charlie in the mailroom right now. Mm-hmm. 
So that's pretty much our life. Pretty much. I've been telling Nate, my husband Nate, a little bit more info than he would ever want to know about this. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much our life. It's good. Yep. I'm glad you guys, you guys being the listeners, care. Yeah. Because it's fun to talk about. It's awesome to talk it's about. wild shit when you break it all down. Yeah. Each individual thing in and of itself that we're going to get into could be explained away. It's when you look at like the totality of everything involved in this Denver International Airport that you start to believe like there's something weird. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, any of the topics we're going to get into. I don't know if it's like, you know, the Masons or the Illuminati or whatever, but there's something. There's something. Yeah. So basically you literally, I mean, and this isn't even going to be a full list of all the things that are said about the airport, but secret Masonic plots, Nazi links. Aliens, underground concentration camps, the New World Order, haunted sculptures, Illuminati, ancient burial grounds, prediction of the apocalypse, visionary murals, literally almost every conspiracy theory that you mm-hmm. can think of yeah. or every like weird. I really think the only thing I didn't really notice too much about was uh, like cryptids mm-hmm. is really one of the only unless you count the reptilians. Oh, that's true. Okay. It's got everything. Yeah. Literally. It's, it's kind of like Skinwalker ranch. There's like a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah. So it's got everything. So the basics of the airport, mm-hmm. uh, it opened to the public on February 28th, 1995. Mm-hmm. This airport was built on 34,000 acres. Which is like mind-bogglingly huge. Huge. 53 square miles. It's the largest airport in the U.S. by area. Coincidence? (laughs) Coincidence. (laughs) I'm not going to go into that story again, but if you know, you know. You know, you know. Um, And it replaced uh, replaced the previous Stapleton Airport. Mm -hmm. So basically everything you can say about this airport, factual or not, is something that some conspiracy theorist somewhere has used as evidence of something sinister going on. Oh yeah. So even just the fact that this airport replaced Stapleton, there are a lot of people that say that Stapleton was perfectly fine and was a great airport, maybe even better than we'll refer to this as DIA in some instances, even better than DIA. Um, But apparently of course, and there's going to be an official, you know, statement for everything. Mm -hmm. The official statement being, uh, Stapleton had inadequate separation between runways. So that would be like long waits and bad weather, uh, little or no room for other airlines that wanted to use Stapleton. So if they wanted to expand, there was a lawsuit over aircraft noise brought about by residents of this nearby park Hill community. And apparently a legal threat, uh, by Adams County to block runway extension into Rocky mountain arsenal lands, which I dove a little bit into that. Hmm. I don't think it's really unknowable, but that's like a whole, you could just go to the Wikipedia page (laughs) for Rocky mountain arsenal. It was a U.S. chemical weapons manufacturing center that was operated by the U S army. And Oh oh my God, it's insane. I remember hearing about that. Like can't even, there's too much here to talk about to even go into it. But (laughs) I almost got lost in that Wikipedia page because there is so much about all of the devastation and like money spent to clean up crazy Mm. chemical spills and like, Oh yeah. Animals being killed from that. It's insane. So anyways, yeah, just the fact that this was built already got some people kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, their backs were a little frilled. Riled up. Is that a thing? Sure. Is that a lizard reference? Frilled backs. Yeah. (laughs) 
don't even know what I was oh, thinking of. Oh my I said god! That. Were you thinking of like the dinosaur from a Jurassic Park? Like <laughs> yeah. spits the venom. Oh yeah, but he his neck got frilled. Yeah. Oh, neck frilled. His well, his neck was a uh, what would you even call that? Like poofed. Poofed. He yeah. got poofed. <laughs> I don't know, but anyways, yes, it got some people's necks poofed. Just, just like, why are they even doing this? Side note. I just looked it up. Uh, Denver International Airport is only roughly 400 miles away from Skinwalker Ranch. Whoa. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Why was I not thinking about that? It's not It's not like super close, but that's like not not close. There's. You know? I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on just that part of the country. Oh, yeah. Honestly. I just think there's something about like the sort of like the, the plains. Yeah. Like next to like the mountains. I don't know. It just seems like a, a hotbed for... Any kind of like weird, unknowable stuff. Yeah, we should just do a whole episode on the Southwest. Yeah, yeah, hmm. Southwest. It's kind of relatively close to uh, Roswell as well. True. Relatively. Yeah, there's there's some weird shit happening kinda, over there. Kind of forms a triangle if you look at it. Oh, dang. Oh, can't even oh, get into that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> we got a lot of ground to cover. A lot of ground. To, oh, man, this is, yeah. You're, you guys are in for it. Um, so as of 2019, DIA was named number two airport in North America. It mm-hmm. was the highest rated U.S. airport and number seven regional airport in the world. Jeez. So, which again, the success of the airport, the effort put into this being a successful airport in itself is fodder for conspiracy theorists. Oh yeah. Like, oh, they need to have it be really well functioning and it has to be really like highly revered Mm -hmm. so that people don't look too much into what's going on here. How do you in plain sight? Exactly. Uh, The initial cost of this airport was estimated to be about 1.7 billion, which is already a lot of money. Which is already it seems like a ton of money, especially like in the 90s. Yeah, right. But and they ended up going massively over budget at 4.8 billion. They so, went over 2 billion over budget. Yeah, that's insane. Like they, you, that's a whole like, nother like a whole like three billion dollars is a whole nother project. Yeah, like substantial project. Insane. Four times the amount that they were originally going to spend. It's ridiculous. So you know that's. You know, what were they building? Maybe <laughs> the actual maybe the actual airport did only cost one billion, but that extra three billion was building something else. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah, apparently so there are gonna be some things in here, as usual with our topics, I think pretty much all of our topics, mm-hmm. that have been said by some people that I can't necessarily confirm or deny. Right. Some of it is just like <laughs> my disclaimer for this episode is I'm not an <laughs> airport expert. <laughs> I don't know. Right about the best places to build airports. I don't know about, so supposedly it was built in a high wind area, Mm. which apparently Stapleton had not been. Interesting. I'm going to say again, not being an expert on either airports or Denver area that maybe they needed to kind of make some sacrifices in that sense because Mm. they needed this larger space. Right. I don't know. Um, but that again is a sketchy thing for some people. Like why would they put an airport in a high wind area unless they needed all of the space for something weird or maybe like modern aircraft, like it doesn't affect, isn't affected as much by wind as older aircraft were. Right. Yeah. Maybe it just, yeah, it wasn't so much. I mean, maybe it wasn't ideal, but it wasn't a deal breaker either. Right. Who knows? Um, and a good chunk of that 53 square miles of land is, unused Mm -hmm. though again the official statement is that they wanted all that land so that they could have room to do possible future expansions Mm -hmm. every official statement about everything in here Mm -hmm. is completely logical that makes a lot of sense checks out it totally checks out um and then of course some people say that part of why it had to be built where it is 
was not so much for future expansions, but they needed a huge plot of land because there's an underground military base and a civilian detainment camp. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. So they needed all that space because, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how big a plot of land an airport usually takes up, but maybe it was something I could have looked into. Hmm. Dang it. Always realizing my shortcomings while recording. It's okay. It's okay. Um, So... Supposedly, theories about weird shit at DIA started before it was even completed. Mm-hmm. Again, these things that we've already discussed were reason enough for people to be like, what the hell is going on? Right. So this was before anything else, before it was completed, before anybody went through there and saw any of the other weird stuff we're going to talk about. Right. People were already like, something's happening. But apparently it didn't really take off online until about 2005. There was a site called anomalies-unlimited.com. Nice. Published a multi-page series devoted to the mysteries. So that website, by the way, if you go check it out, which you should, Mm -hmm. looks like it was fresh out of the early 2000s. (laughs) It is intense. It says that it was last updated September 30th, 2005. So (laughs) shortly after this particular thing was published. Right. Um, But the visitor counter is over 9 million. Jeez. I don't know if that's accurate. Right. Um, other topics include chemtrails, World Trade Center UFOs, and who killed Kurt Cobain. So wow. there's some nice. sweet reading Classics. that I did not get into. <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly what you'd expect right. an early 2005 conspiracy theory website to be in every sense of the word. Like, it looks like you'd think it was going to look. I mean, I really want you to go look. Please. And then the theories were then further popularized. There was a 2012 episode of Jesse Ventura's TV show, Conspiracy Theory. Yeah. Where you talked about DIA. It's hard to like research DIA without running into Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes you need strange and crazy individuals to tell you the truth, man. You got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. If you you want an open mind, man, you got to just, you got to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So I literally part of where I got some info from was an article on Thrillist nice. uh, entitled how the Denver airport became an icon of the Illuminati. Oof. This that's, is, that's like pretty standard. If you look it up, if you Google Denver international airport mm-hmm. conspiracy theories, you're going to find a lot of articles with titles like that. Oh yeah. This particular one was like kind of doing some myth busting, mm. but yeah, there's some, you know, like I was saying, like every single individual aspect of this, topic can be debunked oh yeah or like explained away it's when you take it all together that's when you start to be like hmm oh man there's so much there's so much i know we say this a lot there's never going to be a topic that we can 100 percent dive into right but this is definitely one where i mean you can go into some deep dark like weirdly Oh man. Damp and creepy corners of the internet yeah. researching this. If when you we really start want getting to. into like the murals, there's some, some anti-Semitism thrown in oh, there. Yeah. Some white supremacy. It's man. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Beware in this episode. There is definitely some talk of, there's a lot of talk of Nazis. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, yeah, there's going to be some. For the record, both of us and this podcast are anti-Nazi. Oh yeah. Um, anti-white supremacist. Anti-white supremacist. We hate all that shit. Yeah. So we're just going to be talking about it, not supporting it. Right. Um, So that particular article uh, had one of their writers doing a tour with Heath Montgomery, who at the time was the media relations chief. This was late 2017. He's now the director of public relations at LAX. Hmm. 
bouncing around airports. Interesting. Um, and he said that in the four plus years he'd been there, those conspiracy theories were basically a topic of conversation more than pretty much anything else. Hmm. Um, he said they used to be annoyed, but then they just embraced it. Mm -hmm. Uh, DIA loves this whole thing. It seems. Yeah. They've totally like embraced it as like a part of what draws like how, uh, Portland, Oregon's airport, their thing is like the, the pattern on their carpet. Oh yeah. And people like post that the Denver international airports thing is being headquarters for the Illuminati. Yeah. They love it. It's hilarious. If you also, if you Google Denver international airport conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. the first website to come up is flydenver.com, mm-hmm. which is their official website. Yep. They have a whole section on it that is actually pretty well written. It's just as far. It like briefly touches on each topic. Right. And it's pretty funny. And when they were, they were redoing one of the terminals, Jepson, Jepson, Jepson terminal. Um, just a few years ago, actually. Mm. And, you know, had those little playful signs up where they were doing, you know, they had parts blocked off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had some signs up that were like, what are we doing back here? Yeah. Are we building a new layer for the, the lizard people? Yeah. Like, they had one with like a construction hat with like the Illuminati symbol on it. Mm-hmm. They really went hard. Oh yeah. There's also uh-huh. like a, a talking gargoyle that talks about the conspiracy theories that's in one of the terminals now. Oh yeah. They've just fully embraced it. Which I think is kind of smart. It is smart. Especially if you're trying to cover up a massive underground bunker underneath your airport. Just, exactly. You know, make it seem ridiculous that these conspiracies even exist, put it all out in the open. You try to Google it and you find all these articles about like, oh, ha ha. Yeah. You know, make it seem ridiculous. Dude, that's true too. Because when you Google it, especially with the terminal being redone, that kind of took over, I think. Because I'm sure if I had Googled it a few years ago before the terminal was redone, probably more links would have been, would have immediately, I mean, obviously you can still search through results Mm -hmm. and find stuff, but the first few pages probably would have been more saturated with legit, or I guess... (laughs) if you want to use the word legit, but right. people actually being like, Hey, something's going on here. Right. Versus now with the terminal being redone, almost every article in those first few pages was mm-hmm. either the official website of the airport mm-hmm. or a news site highlighting the fact that they, Oh, isn't this so funny? All tongue in cheek. They're making fun right. of it. So you kind of get this whole like, Oh, they're laughing mm-hmm. at their self thing. Yeah. The, and then the casual Googler isn't going to go like 20 pages in like we are exactly trying to find like the, the real, the real stuff. The real stuff. I'm talking about the, the, the floor potatoes. designs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to throw as many weird <laughs> phrases as I can think of in this episode, <laughs> apparently. But no, it's true. Like, and it's smart regardless whether it, this is all completely just bizarre coincidence. And I, just, I don't really, the more I talk about it, the more I don't know how it could be. But mm-hmm. even if it is all bizarre coincidence and it's totally innocent, that's the smart thing to do. You yeah. shouldn't. It's just like anything like that. If somebody's kind of making fun of you about something, you should always just be like, yep. Embrace it. Yeah, sure. But if it is something suspicious, then it's even smarter because, yeah, you're making it into this huge joke where nobody... We've talked about that before, where nobody's really taken seriously if they talk about seeing a cryptid out somewhere, if they talk about seeing a UFO, if they talk about men in black, any government conspiracy topic you are by a majority of people are seen as insane. Mm -hmm. If you talk about that and definitely there's a whole group of people, somewhat us included who think that that is kind of done intentionally right? because some of this stuff, some percentage of this stuff that we talk about has to be real in my mind. Like it just has to hundred percent. 
So there is some degree of stuff being covered up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what better way to do that than just by making those people not credible at all? Put it all out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I read through many articles, including 32 pages worth of a website called diaconspiracyfiles.com. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah which that's a good one. also any listeners should check out too. Mm-hmm. I was actually a little bummed. Like uh, most of the posts that had videos, the videos weren't yeah. showing up for me. Dead links. Yeah, like yeah. pretty much all of the videos, which was a bummer because some of them, it just had a description mm-hmm. of the video and some I really wanted to see because it was like weird lights spotted and I was like, I want to see that shit. Right. Um, that site has not been updated since May 2013. <laughs> so who knows? Who Maybe knows? that person got disappeared. Right. I'm not too sure. Oof. Hope not. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to dive in to basically each individual topic mm-hmm. as we go. Not every single one that exists. Cause there's too many, too many, but all the, the biggies. So one of the biggest topics, the general theory is that the Freemasons mm-hmm. have controlled the airport ever since it opened mm-hmm. and they have ties to the new world order, Classic. a group of global elites who wield power over international affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't know what Freemasonry is, yeah, (laughs) this is like a whole multi-part unknowable topic (sighs) in and of itself. Yeah. I, I actually went a little deeper than I should have, but ultimately we will definitely be doing an episode on the Freemasons because, oh oh man, there's like, they're sort of like, like when you get into like the world of conspiracy theories, the Freemasons are sort of like the backbone of like 90% of them. Mm. It's sort of like either the. Freemasons, the Rosicrucians, and the Illuminati are sort of like the three main like organizations that are mentioned the most as oh, yeah. either controlling the world secretly or you know when you run down like like the list of Freemasons throughout history, it's everyone from like Benjamin Franklin to like George Bush. Mm. So it's sort of hmm. like interesting. There's such a prevalent thing. Like a- anybody who's listening to this, if you google either your town or your state and Masonic Lodge, mm. you will find one. There's a Masonic Lodge in like every town and or every state in the country for That's sure. Intense. Like there's at least two in Portland that I've seen. Oh yeah. Um, it's a big thing. It's a huge, massive thing. And you know, it's supposed to just be, um, kind of like, you know, good natured, like a bunch of like dudes getting together, wearing robes, pretending to be in the secret society. And it's all about like, brotherhood and camaraderie and stuff and like oh we just do this for fun basically right um it's like a social thing but like when you get into sort of like a lot of the there's such i mean like like by by definition they're a secret society yeah and they try to kind of guard a lot of their secrets so it's like it's just fodder for people to just make stuff up or take real stuff. And it's kind of hard to tell what's real, what's fake. And since they're not putting anything out there to like discredit any of it, it's like, you can just go through and you know, it's impossible to tell what's real and what's fake. Yeah. So they're like the perfect boogeyman for all of these conspiracy theories. Cause there's so many members mm-hmm. across the whole world. And, um, they could be involved in everything or involved in nothing. You exactly. have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Freemasons essentially they, so there was, there are these medieval stonemasons guilds, which set wages, trained apprentices and regulated who could practice the craft of Freemasonry mm-hmm. or masonry. Just masonry. masonry I I um, so in early modern mm-hmm. Europe, expert masons were like architects and engineers. These people like were very studied in math and, Right. All kinds of stuff. Um, so advancement within the guilds implied some authority 
And the path from apprentice to master was marked by a ritual. Mm-hmm. So it was already kind of this ritualistic, yeah. intense thing. Symbolic. Yeah. Guilds were also social organizations. And yeah, people, like you said, met informally. They drank in lodges, which this term first referred to these like temporary accommodations at construction sites. Mm-hmm. Um, out of financial necessity, guilds began accepting non-stonemasons and charging them dues. This was like in the early 1600s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these were educated men that were interested in mathematics and similar things. Mm-hmm. Intellectuals. So, exactly. These members were to practice, quote, secrecy, morality, and good fellowship. By the end of the 17th century, as guilds became obsolete, the majority of the members were these educated gentlemen, these enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it spread in the 18th century, first in England and then abroad. Um, I guess there was just a general expansion of clubs of all kinds. Right. So that kind of happened and Masonic lodges were similar to other clubs in the sense that they met for lectures and dined together, but Freemasonry had more secretive and elaborate rituals. Um, It was also secular, which means no religious or spiritual basis, Mm -hmm. Uh, nonpartisan, so not biased towards any political group and egalitarian meant people, they believe that everyone deserved equal rights. Right. Um, one manual from 1723 explained that lodges should, quote, conciliate true friendship among persons that must else have remained at a perpetual distance, hmm. which is like nice. Yeah. The whole thing is nice. Um, quote, real worth and personal merit only, end quote, granted entry, which had to be unanimously agreed on by other lodge members. Right. So it was also talked a little bit about how they tried to be really inclusive and that was like kind of their whole thing, but mm-hmm. they still remained very like inaccessible to women and to like working class and stuff like that. So you still kind of like just by design a little bit, maybe not, I shouldn't say design, maybe it wasn't design, right? but just by circumstance, you end up with still an exclusive secretive club that only certain people can be part of. And yes, Mm -hmm. I I don't even know. I mean, I'm assuming maybe there are women Freemasons. I don't know for sure. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, it is 2020. Yeah. So that's the, the basis of Freemasonry, Mm -hmm. which is again, Based on some very nice ideals, right? But very secretive. Very secretive. Um, yeah. So in Jepson ter- Terminal, the mm-hmm. like main terminal of the airport, there is a capstone mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. laid over a sealed time capsule that uh, was. They did this little, like, what would you call it? A ceremony. Yeah, ceremony, uh, March nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, where they kind of did this dedication ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, etched into the stone underneath an inscription bequeathing the time capsule's contents to quote, the people of Colorado in 2094 are the square encompasses symbol of Freemasonry and the names of two grand masters, as well as a mysterious group called new world airport commission, which doesn't exist, does not exist. There is no new world airport commission. There is not existed. And the Freemasonry symbols on the capstone have raised some eyebrows. Um, so apparently it's not uncommon for the Masons to be part of large public facility openings. Mm-hmm. They are very involved in civic events like this. Right. Um, Heath Montgomery, again, the public relations dude, mm-hmm. said that the time capsule is sealed with two pieces of granite that the Masons made, hence the symbols. Um, the time capsule itself, apparently, so somebody, I forget where I found this info, but they had emailed to find out what was in the time capsule. Mm. And it gave like a list of some pretty basic stuff, like an opening day ball from Coors Field and the sneakers from like the mayor at the time and Mm. whatever. 
But they said like among other things, Ooh. which again, is that just somebody like, I'm not going to list every fucking thing. Right. Exactly. Or like, somebody being like. Until 2094 and you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn it. That's mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure I'll be alive then. Maybe. Right. It'd be like, like in your 90s. 74 years away. Yeah. Be over 100. Oh, yeah. You'll be over 100. Damn. Damn. I'll be like 103. Shit. Yeah. We might be a lot for that. It's possible. Who but knows? I do want to see what's in there. Um, so the, yeah, the inscription, the new world airport commission. So there was a group that was celebrating the opening of the airport. Mm-hmm. According to Heath Montgomery, uh, the inscription was supposed to be read as not the word new being part of the name, but like saying like the new world airport commission, mm-hmm. just world airport commission. But the yeah. inclusion of the phrase new world does not help the yeah. cause here. The new world order. Yeah. Is we'll get to that. So anybody that doesn't know, I'm not going as deep into this because this will be yeah. again, another episode. Oh yeah. This episode is spawning. Oh yeah. At the very least, like we're mentioning a lot of things that we will talk about More in, in future episodes. Oh yeah. Uh, the new world order, if you don't know, also called NWO mm-hmm. refers essentially to the idea that there's this clandestine totalitarian world government just mm-hmm. waiting to emerge. Yeah. Uh, totalitarian meaning of course that there are no opposing parties no dissent allowed from citizens state-controlled media full power over the people in their public and private lives Mm -hmm. and many public figures throughout history have been suspected as being part of the nwo it's it's similar to like um the government in like the book 1984 Mm. where it's sort of like one world government um you know the government controls every aspect of your life and you're just sort of like a cog in a machine, if yeah. you will. And it's, there's all kinds, you know, it's, it's another one of those things where there's many different flavors of the new world order, depending on your own political slant and your own sort of like perspective on the world. Right. You might believe that the new world order is going to, you know, er- like eradicate all these other races or that they're going to like call the population with some disease, which we'll get to, or, um, you know, like, you basically pick your poison. Like there's, there's so many different flavors of the new world order that it's kind of hard to pin down into like one, one genre or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that. If you want to read more about the new world order, Mm -hmm. do so at your discretion Yeah. because it's, it's going to get real nasty in some places. Again, more so I guess people supporting the idea. Yeah. It could get pretty dark. Strange. Um, yeah, but that'll be a whole episode on that later. So yeah, watch out. Um, so one of the theories about the capstone, there is also like a tablet on the capstone that appears to be in braille. Mm. Actually, did you see anything about that? About what does it, is the braille supposed to just say what the capstone says or is there some other, I didn't, I didn't see nothing about that. No, I just kept seeing the braille. I I saw that it was written in braille, but I didn't see what the braille says. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, one of the theories is that if you touch it the right way, it's kind of a keypad that's connected with aliens or maybe the release of toxic gas. Again, the theories about this airport, like, oh, yeah. no, no bounds. No. Um, so Scott M. Autry, Grand Secretary of the MW Grand Lodge of Colorado, said that, quote, the Freemasons had nothing to do with the building of Denver National Airport. The only involvement was the ceremony that was performed for the dedication capstone that was done on March 19th, 1994. Hmm. So officially they're not involved. That's exactly what somebody would say <laughs> yeah, if they were trying to cover up their involvement <laughs> with the building of an airport. They would say they weren't. Right. Obviously. Easy. 
And the New World Airport Commission's chairman, Charles Onsbacher, which, again, it's not supposed to be the New World Airport Commission, but just the World Airport Commission. He attempted to explain the commission's name in an interview in 2007. So there's a local alt-weekly paper in Denver called Westward, which is cool. Nice. I like that. Um, He couldn't remember Charles Onbacher. He couldn't remember exactly why it got the name it did, which is suspect. That's wicked You're the chairman. Yeah, dude. How do you not remember? But he suspected it was a dual reference, both to DIA being the newest airport in the world. New world. Mm -hmm. Which... Again, it's a little on the nose. It's not supposed to be. Plus, the okay, if you're if you're if you're inscribing something in stone, yeah, it, yeah, it's the newest airport right now. But like tomorrow, right. it could not be the newest airport. So like that, I don't feel like you would put new on there. Well, exactly. And I thought the whole idea here was that your group, that World Airport Commission, was not called New World Airport Commission. But then mm-hmm. now you're telling me why it's named New World Airport Commission, right? By saying, oh. Well, it's the newest airport in the world, New World, mm-hmm. which, what? Yeah. And uh, to Dvorak's Symphony Number no. 9, which is popularly known as the New World Symphony, he says the idea that there's anything secretive about this is totally preposterous. Which is exactly what somebody who was trying to cover that up would say. Sounds like something a lizard man yeah. would say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. it seems suspect to me. I don't really know what I think is behind this, but it seems no. weird that you don't remember how you're commission thing like you're the chairman you don't know how it got its name but you're like i I suspect that it was a like combination of these things Mm -hmm. again confirming that it is the new world airport commission which is not i'm confused weird that's just it's just is more confusing than it more more questions than it answers exactly um and then so the other mason well not the only other but one of the other big mason connections is supposedly the main terminal is referred to as the great hall uh-huh. which is what the Masons are said to name their meeting places. Hmm. But again, another yeah. explanation is that Great Hall has not been exclusively used by the Masons yeah. as a term. That's also just a main room of a royal palace. Or Harry Potter, the Great Hall is exactly. where they have food. Yeah. So. so Interesting. So, so the idea being that like the Masons constructed the Denver airport and the Masons are also sort of like the either the central organization that will become the New World Order or mm. will be one of them that is going to help bring about the new world order. Sure. Yeah. So, Masons are connected. Yeah. There's Show. some com- some combination there. Yeah. So, yeah. Masons. So, the next weird thing, mm-hmm. gargoyles. Yeah. There's some gargoyles in the airport. There are. It's not cool. Um, there's a scarp- sculpture of a gargoyle sitting in a suitcase in baggage claim that Heath Montgomery says conspiracy theorists believe to be a harbinger of evil, hmm. but he claims it's a quote fun piece of art. See the gargoyles. I was like the least compelled by. Yeah. Cause it's like just one more weird thing, but it's not really. Yeah. I've, I've definitely read about how like gargoyles on like old churches symbolize, you know, like demons or like it just, it seems to me like a design motif mm. more so than, Cause like there's no overt symbolism that I've ever seen other than like, Oh, they kind of resemble demons or whatever. Yeah. But Jesse Ventura was really into the gargoyles. Was he? Yeah. Oh, dude. I, that really, yeah. Like you said, it's probably the least compelling mm-hmm. of all of these topics. Oh yeah. It's so that Thrillist article, the writer for Thrillist got in touch with the artist who did the gargoyles, Terry Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke of meeting with a committee that included quote, airport people, art people, and even a nun. 
right off, there was a religious aspect to it, which is, you could probably go deeper into that if you really want to. Yeah, right. Well, if the Masons are supposed to be um, atheistic. I was going to say, yeah, they're, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's weird. Secular. Uh, he said the nun made him think that airport baggage areas were like cathedrals, which made him think of gargoyles. Hmm. Seems like a stretch. Um, he said, quote, the idea was to put the gargoyles in a suitcase and have them looming over the baggage claim as protectors, just like they were used in churches. Hmm. So, and then I went into gargoyle history because <laughs> I do gargoyle that. history. <laughs> Historically, gargoyles have often been used to convey water from the building's roof and away from the side of the building to prevent erosion of the mortar. Hmm. Did not know that. Um, a trough is cut in the back of the gargoyle and rainwater typically exits through the open mouth. So that's interesting because that's sort of a Masonic connection there because in order to make, you know, back in the day, you'd have Masons yes. building these churches and that seems like a very specialized thing that you would make out of stone. Yeah, that was like the end of my research was the further tie because many of the structures in Europe were built by Freemasons. Hmm. So okay, okay. could be could be a nod. Uh, the term originated... Wow. <laughs> term originates... How am I supposed to transcribe this later? Uh, good God luck. Damn. From the French Gagoui. Nice. Yeah, I looked this up. That was good. Yeah. That's probably not a very good French accent by any means, but uh, which in English means throat or gullet. Only the creature serving as the actual water spout is considered a gargoyle. Otherwise, it is known as a grotesque. Nice. Yeah. Gargoyles are typically carved into the form of a face or a figure, usually contorted human faces, animals, mythical creatures, or chimeras, which are creatures that are a combination of multiple animals. Mm. So there is a lot of not strictly like religious kind of imagery in here. Right. Um, they were present on a variety of medieval build buildings. Wow. Buildings. <laughs> medieval buildings. <laughs> okay. Uh, but most prevalent on churches and aside from their practical use were meant to be guardians to ward off evil. Mm -hmm. Again, yes, there is some talk about them being uh, symbolic of demons. Right. Because they don't look very nice right but they were kind of meant to be protectors so when you look at it that way it's like oh this guy was just like let's protect people in baggage if, claim i guess what I if know. he knew what was going on he was trying to protect the people from Dude. the the new world order man yeah he's like part of the committee so he might have known something far out yeah i don't know so that's the that's pretty much all there is yeah. the gargoyles and now there's a, a animatronic gargoyle in one of the terminals that talks about these conspiracy theories which is kind of hilarious i think yeah i do like i really find myself wanting to go here now oh yeah if you're ever in denver I need to fly into denver just just to go to the airport. i need to actually fly into it because i need to be able to like have access to you got to see the everywhere. runways from the sky yeah oh yeah yeah we'll get into that yeah um so next we move on to the horse oh blucifer Dude. blucifer also known as diablo Get it? D-I-A. Oh, <laughs> shit. This, uh, is a, this is like a wild sculpture. Like, when oh you, this is like one of the things where it's like, even if you, even if there wasn't any like conspiracy theories at the airport, reading about this sculpture is like, what? Like, this is yeah, real? I know. It is. I did not expect much when I read about this and then looked up pictures. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, how creepy can this thing be? Oh, it's. It's horrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Looking at pictures legit gave me chills down my spine. It's like a... Do you know how, how big it is? It's 32 feet. 30. So it's a 32 foot tall blue bright Mustang blue. horse. Yeah. Like bright blue. Rearing up on its hind legs with glowing red eyes. Yeah. 
So like if you what? come up on this airport at night, which the airport is kind of in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. it's just on, you know, a flat, huge flat plane. Right. And so huh, double Ayo. meaning there. But so you can probably see this thing from a decent distance, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, my friend Matt, shout out to Matt Davis, if he's listening, which he probably isn't. Matty D. Matty D. He uh, spent some time in Colorado and he said that he saw this thing many times and that it really is huge and scary. It's wild. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> some conspiracy theorists say that it will provide transportation for one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Behold a bright or behold a pale horse. Behold a bright blue horse. A bright blue horse. <laughs> Uh, that, <laughs> it's, it's death right death rides the pale horse yeah yeah so it's like not what you want a see harbinger of the apocalypse yeah which the apocalypse so all of these denver international airport conspiracy theories kind of revolve around an apocalypse oh which yeah we'll, we'll get into when we get into, into like the murals and stuff oh, but man, the murals are so um, much so yeah so like death coming on a pale blue horse or a pale horse um with glowing red eyes <laughs> <A> pale blue. <laughs> oh, damn it it's stuck in my head now um <laughs> But it's like a really like intense, like it's not even just like that the eyes are red, like the the horse itself is like really intense. Like just looking at it is like, whoa, dude, like relax. It's got veins bugging out of his yeah. body. Again, wicked muscular. Everything <laughs> yeah. on a knowable is wicked muscular. Really muscular legs. Like you should see these legs. Woo, they're terrifying. Yeah. And then the wildest part that it killed the artist that made it. It killed its creator. Okay. So... Uh, Luis Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm saying that right. The sculptor, he basically, so he was commissioned to make this sculpture. Mm-hmm. They paid him. I think they were going to pay him a total of like 300 grand. Damn. They paid him something like 165,000 up front. Mm-hmm. He didn't meet a few of their deadlines. And then, so they were starting up a, like, or threatened to, you know, face he was gonna have a lawsuit against him mm-hmm. to get that hundred sixty five thousand dollars back because he was not hitting these deadlines and they're like do we need this thing right and like, so he was really needed <laughs> did, did you like i'm pretty sure <laughs> you could have completed fun. the airport without this like scary blue horse out front but yeah it could have come anytime anytime you did not need it for the opening of the air like you right. probably scared a lot of people away right. well was that the was that the intent <laughs> yeah was that the intent so he's like rushing to finish this sculpture right. he's in his studio he's hoisting a big piece of it up on uh whatever you'd call it um like a, like a crane something like that and some part of it broke and the part of the sculpture fell and severed an artery in his leg and apparently he died there in his studio blended death yeah crushed by blucifer crushed by blucifer like what a wild story. Cause like you look at that sculpture and you're like, there's like a bad energy around the sculpture. Yeah. And then you hear that it fucking killed the artist that made it. Like what? Apparently his family and many others believe that the sculpture is, I don't know if haunted is the right word. Maybe cursed. Cursed. Because it killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In January, 2009, a Facebook group was started called DIA's heinous blue Mustang has got to go mm-hmm. and quickly got over a thousand members though. I mean, it's still there, so it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's glowing red eyes, which is arguably one of the most sinister parts about this thing, mm-hmm. um, are said to be a homage to the, his, uh, the sculptor's father who worked on neon signs. I feel like there's other ways that he could have done that. He could, I mean, couldn't there have been like a little, maybe at the bottom of the sculpture, like a little neon, like DIA or Denver national airport or something right. like, or not, like maybe like, like, like the hooves could have grown, like glown that, or yeah. something glown. like glown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> glowed right like the past glowing blue hooves that would have been nice yeah 
it still like would have been a little scary. Demonic but. red eyes. Yeah. And of all the colors you could have, you had like, you could have done blue eyes, right? White eyes. It's very strange. Like it's a very strange piece of public art yeah. that you would look at and be like, like somebody, like somebody spent 300 grand on this and then like put this in front of an airport. That's the theme of pretty much all of the publicized art about this airport. Oh, yeah. That's basically the theme is like, holy shit, somebody paid for this. Right. Like this is in a, this isn't a public area. This is supposed to be like, the like like face of this airport first thing you see when you drive in yeah this giant 32 foot demonic horse lucifer lucifer right yeah this a lot of this art is like this should be in a museum somewhere highly controversial Mm -hmm. being discussed and having articles about it not necessarily the face of an airport when you fly into denver and you're like holy fuck what just happened yeah (laughs) what is that what is that thing um yeah, so that's that's Lucifer, who again, I would love even if I don't go in the airport, I would love just to go see Lucifer. I don't want to go near that thing. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm it's like you imagine that you'd go near it and it would just suddenly you know, crash down from its hind legs and just mm-hmm. trample you. Or like you'd be looking at it and its head would just like slightly turn towards you. Ugh. Its eye would look at you. God. Oof. And nope. I no offense to any horse lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been around some horses in real life and they are definitely sweet and majestic, but also mm-hmm. kind of scary. Terrifying. Just they're huge. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a real fear about things that are just too big. Yeah. Horses are large. Horses are large. And this horse is way bigger than any typical horse. This is yeah. a 32 foot tall horse. It's like hard to comprehend. Yeah, it really is. But honestly, look up pictures because even the pictures of it in the daylight mm-hmm. are scary as hell. Oh yeah. If you get some of the really good ones that people took at night with the During eyes like glowing. A storm. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so crazy. Scary. Yeah. So that's Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to the murals. Oh man. So the murals, oh God. this is, this was the turning point for me mm. when I was like reading about this. Cause like, you know, reading about like, like the construction of it and all that stuff like is kind of like, okay, I can see that. But when you get into like the murals and you, and you look at the murals, you're like, there's, there's something going on. Like yeah. There's not, there's like, there's the artist has like given his interpretation of what he thought these murals were supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And like, you can kind of see where he's going with it. But yeah. when you really look at these murals, you're like, there's like, if, if you took any context away from the murals, like you can totally see where the conspiracy theories come from. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Like these are crazy murals. These are insane. Again, Google these murals. Um, so the first one we'll talk about, is oh man i don't even know which one i want to talk about first there's two main ones we're going to talk about mm. i feel like i kind of want to start with the le- the less crazy of the two peace and harmony with nature <laughs> exactly <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's a mural so the artist is leo tang tanguma tanguma um called in peace and harmony with nature so so am i understanding correctly so this in peace and harmony with nature is a two-parter and then there's the other murals we'll talk about, which are also just a two-parter. No, there's an, there's a, there's so there's three murals total. Okay. One so peace and harmony with nature is one, and then there's two that are, um, it's like children of the world. Yeah. Um, that one is a two-parter because there's like the rainbow that connects it mm. with the. the oh, other I guess one. maybe this maybe this in peace and harmony with nature is just a big long, one and has like kind of two scenes in it. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah, so basically, so part of this in Peace and Harmony with Nature, again, you really need to look this up and look at it yeah. because we're going to describe it, but you got to like, you got to see it. You really need to see it. 
Um, so part of this mural is these really frightened looking children mm-hmm. holding animals. Yeah. Some of these are extinct animals in glass cases as behind immediately behind them is a forest that's on fire. Mm-hmm. And further beyond that is a city burning yep. with kind of like a weird colored haze around the city, which some believe indicates like biochemical warfare. Mm-hmm. Jesus, like yeah. we're already right. Like that's an, like that is in an airport in an airport. Um, there also appears to be a few children in coffins yep. at the bottom of this mural. There's three coffins mm-hmm. with these peaceful dead looking children. One of whom is native American. One of whom is black. Yep. Uh, which some believe is predicting the extinction of those races. Oh, also the the other girl is a is thought to be Jewish. Yes, there's a yeah the third white girl thought to be Jewish uh, because she's holding a yellow star, yep. which was used by the Nazis. First connection to Nazism. Exactly. First of so many. Yes. Um. Yes, this was used by the Nazis during the Holocaust to identify mm-hmm. Jewish people. Right. So this is potentially signifying either the death of jewish people in general mm-hmm. referring to some type of further or future holocaust or the death of judeo-christian beliefs mm-hmm. um and then caskets on top of all of that are a significant symbol in freemasonry mm-hmm. another tie to the masons dun, dun, dun. Um, an emblem of mortality mm-hmm. typically in the freemasons symbolism there i forget the specific plant or flower that usually is by the caskets that kind of symbolizes like this belief in immortality Hmm. but that doesn't seem to be present in this mural so interesting let's just say that it's mortality the idea that we're all gonna die right um so that's yeah mural it's wild like when you look at it there's like this like like dead leopard that's like center um these kids were all like very clearly distraught Mm -hmm. it's interesting because they're like carrying these extinct animals that are in glass cases and one of them is like a bird yeah. That's flying, but it's still kind of encased in a glass case. And it's almost like my interpretation of it was sort of like taking these extinct animals and like bringing them back to life, hmm. like the extinction of some animals, but then like the bringing back from extinction of other animals, maybe through um, like genetic engineering or, um, you know, something like that. So it's almost like this weird combination of like, I guess you could call it like rebirth, like the cycle of rebirth or whatever. Yeah. Some animals die, other animals rise up and come back or whatever. Interesting. It's just, it's super weird and like heady stuff for yeah. like a public mural in an airport. Like it's this is like, bizarre. this is a painting that you could put like in an art gallery and like have whole books written about just this one painting. Oh yeah. But it's like in an, in an airport that's like supposed to be this, you know, relatively like light and airy place where you're just like waiting to go to your plane to go on your vacation. Yeah. And you're like contemplating like the death of like black people, native Americans and Jews. And you're like, what's going on here? What's going on? Yeah. That's not really the place that I want to think about that kind of stuff. And this is just one mural. Yeah. This is just one mural. And this is the less controversial of the murals that we're going to talk about. Um, so that's, that's one side of the mural. And then the other side is sort of a, like this peaceful scene of children from various cultures in both of these murals, the children kind of are represented to be from various cultures wearing their more like traditional cultural garb yep. um, coming together in they're obviously in celebration. There's animals and they're young or all like alive and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the center of this mural, there's an odd looking plant. Yep. It's like this rainbow plant that obviously does not exist in nature. Right. Again, kind of for some people pointing to this idea of genetic modification. Mm hmm genetic engineering better living through chemistry exactly uh 
it's, yeah, this rainbow plant, there's like a dove of peace kind of incorporated mm-hmm. into it. And it seems like it's glowing. Like there's this bright light around it oh, yeah. that everybody, literally everybody in this whole part of this painting is some of the people almost look like they're like floating towards mm-hmm. this plant. Yeah. They're all being like drawn into it. Yeah. And, um, again, so some conspiracy theorists would say that of course everybody is way happier now that there's way few people on earth. Like right. we have eliminated a lot of people. So now we're all happier and thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea some people believe that the ideals shown in these paintings Massive depopulation of the planet, death of Judeo-Christian beliefs, uh, one world government and restoration of nature are kind of those central tenets to the new world order belief system. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, again, very heavy symbolism. Oh yeah. Really intense. Which the whole depopulation thing, put a, put a pin in cause I've got a, Ooh. I've got a theory. Got a theory? Oh, well, shit. I've got a piece of evidence from inside the Denver International Airport. <laughs> we'll the, get, yeah. We'll get there. Well, oh yeah. More, is... When we talk about the floor designs. Whoa. Yeah. So, and again, the, so the artist essentially with both of these, and we'll get into the second set of paintings in a second here, but the idea of course, is that that first painting is, you know, what we're heading towards Mm -hmm. with extinction of both people and animals, this destruction of nature, destruction of civilization. Mm -hmm. And then we're kind of heading towards this happier peaceful future. But some people would say, that perhaps they are not meant to be viewed in that order mm-hmm. that perhaps we're happy and thriving now, but we're heading towards this destruction. This is some type of, uh, you know, warning or I guess warning isn't even the word. It's not yeah. warning. It's kind of just like a, it's like a, like a how to manual or yeah. like what's going to happen. Yeah. Just telling you like, Hey, this is what you're in for. Yeah. Get ready. Um, so those are already fucked up enough. Yes. And then you get to the other, set of murals children of the world dream of peace Mm. same artist Mm -hmm. oh man (laughs) i got like so much are we doing the one where the stormtrooper is alive or dead uh we'll start with him dead okay okay so another crazy colorful mural Mm -hmm. we got children of all cultures Yep. there's like a bunch of different countries flags Mm -hmm. a bunch of people wearing different sort of like indigenous dress yep um, yeah, there's the word peace in all these various languages. Mm-hmm. They are all standing atop the corpse of what can only be described as like a Nazi alien soldier. Yeah. With Wearing like, like a, a gas mask. Yeah. Like a gas mask for his face. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the creepiest fucking thing. Oh yeah. And he's like dead. He's gr- like, like all monochrome gray. There's two peace doves that are like sitting on him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really like unnerving like when you look at like the face of that nazi stormtrooper it's really unnerving it's really fucking freaky again so nazi reference number two yeah there's a symbol on the hat that he's wearing that kind of leads you to believe like among a couple other things that we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that this is meant to kind of depict a nazi soldier Mm -hmm. um yeah there's a uh an actual there's a plaque besides this mural that says it's a quote powerful mural expressing the artist's desire to abolish violence in society um so there's yeah all these children are kind of standing around they are actually all holding weapons in their hands wrapped in their respective country's flags yep and they seem to be handing those weapons to a boy in a like bavarian outfit 
German. Yeah, seemingly representing Germany. Mm -hmm. So some people believe that this symbolizes the world kind of cheerfully submitting to Germany Mm -hmm. um, and Nazi ideals hand in hand. I have to say he is standing there and there's an anvil in front of him and he's taking a sword and he's like hitting the sword with the hammer. Mm. So it's the idea of like beating your swords into plowshares. Right. So I guess it's the idea of like giving your swords to them and like it's like about peace. You know what I mean? Turning in your... But then again, you know, that doesn't have to necessarily be a good thing. If everybody, you know, one world government, you turn in all your guns and then Germany or Nazi Germany is in charge. Yep. Because Hitler was Bavarian, right? I'm not sure, actually. I don't know. Dang. But. Yeah. So that, that's what some people think is that, yeah, it's kind of submitting to Germany. Countries are giving up their military rights and their national identity for the common good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one government, one army. And again, this is the more peaceful of the yeah. two murals here. So this kind of has a, there's sort of like a little rainbow leading you to this other part of the mural. Mm-hmm. Um, the second painting. So apparently this second painting has since been painted over. Yeah. But you can still find pictures of it. And oh my will, God. You will see why. Oh my God. Um, it shows those same children. <clears throat> well, at least some of those same children mm-hmm. either sleeping or dead. Yeah. Unclear. They are laying very peacefully um, like on a pile of bricks mm-hmm. um, below the Nazi alien gas mask stormtrooper. Storm oh my God. He's a, he's, a, he's a very disturbing face. Oh my God. It's so creepy. It's like really like lined and his like, he looks very like angry and just evil. Yeah. He looks evil. He is now the center of the painting. Huge. Huge. He's stabbing a dove. Yeah. The peace dove. Yeah. The peace dove with, I don't even know. Do you know what the name of that specific sword or weapon is? Scimitar. Scimitar. Okay. It's not a typical sword of what you think of. It's right. it's like one of those wider kind of like curved mm. looking. You've ever seen Indiana Jones mm. when the guy comes out with like like the sword and he's all waving it around and looks like it's going to be this wild sword fight and then Indiana Jones just shoots him. Oh yeah. That kind of sword. That kind of sword. Yeah. Um, he's also got a rifle. There are a whole row of, I actually couldn't zoom in quite close enough whether it was just women or just parents in general, but it mm. looks like the whole row of either women or parents who seem to be holding dead limp babies in their mm-hmm. arms. And it's, they're very like ghostly in and of themselves. Mm. Like they're like all kind of like monochrome, like gray and brown yep. and green. And they kind of like this weird kind of like swirl that kind of funnel like into the Nazi stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like, like that's like coming out of him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Holding dead babies. Yeah. Um, very disturbing, very disturbing. And there's also some, obviously like bombed looking destroyed buildings Mm -hmm. uh, to the right. Right. And again, this was the second in the series. So it's kind of unclear whether that rainbow is pointing you towards the more peaceful Mm -hmm. or I'm pretty sure when I looked it up, I think that one was to the right of the other one. Yeah. So the first one that we talked about with the rainbow that leads into this one. Yeah. So it's, so the idea I think that the artist said was that like, you know, this one where it's sort of like the stormtrooper is like alive and like destroying things and killing the dove, like, you know, symbolizing killing peace. This is supposed to be like the first in the series. And then the second one is like, Oh, once we like kill and defeat the stormtrooper, we're all going to give up our weapons and then um, have peace. But the way that it more naturally flows, cause it flows from left to right. And the way that we read is left to right. So it shows sort of like the first one of all of us, like giving up our weapons to the Germans first. Mm-hmm. And then the 
uh, rainbow kind of goes into this and it turns into the stormtrooper killing peace and like all these like women with dead babies and stuff. Yeah. Also at the bottom of the, the live stormtrooper one. Yes. There's the letter that was written by, uh, Hama Hershenberg, a 14 year old that died in Auschwitz. In Auschwitz. It's an actual just letter. Let's like, transposed apparently literally from what she wrote yeah it's just painted into the bottom corner where it's sort of like his scimitar is pointing mm-hmm. towards this so again the idea that this is meant to symbolize a nazi soldier mm-hmm. we've got potentially in that first painting a city that maybe these children in the painting are dead from toxic gas maybe the city mm-hmm. was dead from toxic gas which yeah. obviously auschwitz was <clears throat> yeah. infamous for its use of toxic gas um, and then with the letter just kind of like firms it all up. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Am like I really over, seeing like connection to Nazis? Yeah. This was actually a letter from a child who died in Auschwitz. So at the, at the very least you could debate sort of like the content of all of these and like the, the natural progression of which flows into which, mm. but the fact that the four murals that we just described are in a fucking airport yeah. that you're just walking through like real casual on your way to your vacation. And you see like a Nazi stormtrooper stabbing a dove holding an AK 47 yeah. with a letter from somebody who died in Auschwitz and women holding dead babies. It's insane. And like, we're not being, this is not hyperbolic. Like we're not like no. reading into this. This is like a literal, what you see. Yeah. You just, again, Google these paintings. There's a million pictures of these paintings. Mm-hmm. You will see, I mean that really this one that we have kind of finished off with here is by far the most, shocking yeah you're gonna look at this and be like no whoa there's no way this was in an airport but it was um again this second part of this has been painted over apparently but that first part still can't imagine why i can't imagine why um so again and some people believe like we said a that it's meant to start off with this peaceful thing and then go into destruction Mm. and evil um some believe that it's kind of uh too like alternate realities of the same scene, Mm. whatever. But yeah, the idea is that this is kind of rather than saying like, Oh, we're heading from this destruction into peace. It's kind of giving us like a, you know, this is what you're in for. Yeah. Quite the opposite because it's like the Nazi stormtrooper almost like awakens. Exactly. And then like comes up and then destroys everything. Yeah. That was kind of one of the things that I read was talking about that where it's, it's less that he was defeated, but more that, yeah, he came back to life. He's now like reinvigorated. Scary. Yeah, because the way that he's laying in that other one where he's like supposed to be like dead or whatever, he kind of has like his arm under his head. Mm. Wait, is that his rifle? Oh, no, it's his rifle. Just kidding. Damn. Still. Still. He could be sleeping. He could be sleeping. And yeah, he's, it's kind of like in the second painting, he's awakened. He's empowered. Mm-hmm. So. Super bizarre. It's real bizarre. So, of course, again, the official explanation, A, is that DIA did not commission any specific topics for this painting. Hard to believe that they obviously like saw these before they put them up. It's not yeah. like he just surprised them and was like, here you go. And it's they were like, giant well, paintings. Yeah, we can't do anything about this now. Like right. there was an intentional, something about this was intentional, whether it was literally, I mean, some people will say there are people that claim that he was told what to paint mm. and paid heftily to right. paint it. That's obviously just sort of because there's some people said that initially he was very open about talking about this and then suddenly he kind of clammed up about the topic. So that could imply that maybe he was somebody got to him. Yeah. Somebody got to him because he was kind of saying like, oh, yeah, they told me to paint these particular topics. And then then all of a sudden he was like, oh, I don't know. I don't have anything to say about this. 
Um, but that could just be, who knows? Who knows? But just something, something to think about. And again, part of the official explanation is like at the time, the time in history that these paintings were commissioned in general, uh, this was during, there was like Denver's first Hispanic mayor, Denver's first African-American mayor. They were both said to have kind of made an effort to hire minority workers and immigrants to work on the project. So the idea of like promoting cultural diversity, but again, that does not like explain or excuse the fact that there's like a legit Nazi stormtrooper. Yeah. Nazi stormtrooper in the mural. So that's the murals. You can go way deeper into symbolism of those murals if you would like to. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot. Don't recommend it. Um, but there's more. Yeah. So. Yeah. So now. The floors. The floors. Okay. Yeah. So there's two very specific symbols that I want to talk about in the floors. Okay. So um, going back to the idea of uh, depopulation that is present in the murals. So in front of the Nazi stormtrooper alive mural, there's a marking on the floor. It is a sort of like um, mining cart, like a very stylized mining cart. Um, this is inlaid into the floor in either like gold or brass. Um, so it's a mining cart and there's two symbols, four letters, A-U-A-G on the mining cart. Um, you know, the, the rational explanation is that, um, A-U is the symbol for gold. A-G is the symbol for silver. And so it's a reference to Colorado's past with mining Mm -hmm. and, um, like the gold prospectors and stuff. But <clears throat> AUAG is the symbol that is used as a shorthand reference to the Australian antigen, which is a test that tests for hepatitis B. So if the AUAG test comes back positive, you have hepatitis B, hmm. which hepatitis B is apparently, apparently a very uh, dangerous strain of hepatitis that you can have that will kill you. So the placement of AUAG right in front of the Nazi stormtrooper alive mural is thought to mean that the method of depopulation that will be used is a massive infection like hepatitis B. Okay. So that's just a weird one weird thing, you know, it's, yep. You know, it would make a lot of sense that it was gold and silver, right? AUAG makes a lot of sense, but then again, you know, but what better way to hide it than in plain sight? That's like, what you would say if you actually were hinting at it being exactly. Australian antigen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one symbol that's on the floor. Um, the other symbol is a, there's a series of like circular designs that are throughout the different terminals. Um, and so it looks like a, a big gold circle with a smaller black circle, sort of like, set within it mm-hmm. but it's not perfectly concentric like it's not like the black circle is not centered on the gold it looks like um like a black circle eclipsing a bigger gold circle so if you are thinking about eclipses you're thinking about suns this is a black sun eclipsing a gold sun so the black sun is a concept in the world of the occult that the Nazis, again, the Nazis were super into. So the idea of the black sun is that, um, in the sky or in the universe, you have the regular sun, but then I think 
I'm not clear if the black sun is like directly antithetical to the regular sun where it's on like the exact opposite side of the earth or if they can just coexist in the sky together. Mm. But the idea is that, that the black sun is up there invisible along with the regular sun. And so all of sort of like the occult powers and magic comes from the black sun. Like, like you draw your power from the black sun in order to perform magic rituals. So to anybody who's listening, the Nazis were super into like magic and the occult specifically um himmler would he literally sent like nazis out like like the whole plot of um indiana jones is sort of like the nazis looking for the holy grail and the nazis looking for the ark of the covenant and that was real like the nazis legitimately sent people out to go find like religious artifacts some believe that they even found the uh, the spear of destiny that stabbed Jesus when he died. Oh yeah. Which is a whole plot of the movie Constantine. Um, great movie. Great movie. And it starts with the, um, spear of destiny wrapped in a Nazi flag. Um, so yeah, like, like they were like legit super into like the occult, like Himmler had a whole library at this, this one, um, what's it called? It's called, um, Oh shoot. It's this specific castle that the Nazis built or they didn't build it, but they took it over. Um, Wevels we, uh, Wevelsburg Castle. Wow. I'm gonna have to transcribe this later. <laughs> <laughs> it's two W's, so I think it's either Wevelsburg, which doesn't make as much sense, or Wevelsburg. Sure. Anyways, yeah, it's this castle that Himmler had as sort of like his um, headquarters of the SS, where it was. Um, they would have like all these like special rituals. He had um, whenever the SS would like sweep through an area, he would tell them specifically like gather any books on like magic or the occult and send them to me. So he had his like occult library at this wild castle. In this castle, which was existed before the Nazis, they renovated this one great hall where he would have these meetings, and he inlaid in the floor the design of a black sun which is um, basically like a black circle with um, almost like, you know, like the SS, the symbol. It's like that lightning bolt kind of S. Oh, yeah. It's almost like those S's in a ring around the black circle in the middle at this occult castle. So the Nazis very much believed in the Black Sun, or at least Heinrich Himmler did. Um, So these floor designs at the Denver airport are similar in that they are a black sun eclipsing a regular sun, meaning that like, you know, in this new age of the new world order, the the regular sun will be eclipsed by the black sun and we will start to um, focus more on like magic and the occult. Mm-hmm. Again, Which, yeah, super deep topic you can dive into. Oh, yeah. But I think I'm, we're going to do an episode on it. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure black sun is on our oh, yeah. list because it's wild shit. Yeah, it's magic and we're speaking you know, magic with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Style magic. Oh man, that's Aleister Crowley could be a whole episode too. Oh yeah. We he's, touched he's on Lamb, but up. yeah. Um, yeah, magic and the occult kind of plays in pretty heavily with the New World Order idea, kind of more yeah. than I think I would expect it to. Right. So yeah, I had read briefly about the Black Sun. I saw a picture of the Black Sun mm-hmm. on the floor. It's wild. Yeah. Which, I mean, it could just be a black circle inset off center in a gold circle. Sure. The thing that, to me, that seems strange is that it's off center. Right, yeah. If it was centered in the middle, I could be like, oh, it's a design motif. But you can tell it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like a standard design motif. It seems like there's something more to it. 
Right. And it being off center does imply a little bit more of the eclipsing because it's kind of like it's in the process of covering it up. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird. And again, Nazis, man. Nazis, man. All over the Denver International Airport. Yeah. Like a little too much. So, yeah, some of the things that I briefly saw about the floor markings, uh, some believe that the words, there's some Navajo words. I mm-hmm. guess on some of the flooring right. uh, that they translate to, or maybe it's just symbols translate to Navajo names for mountains in Colorado that can be connected to mysterious occurrences. Um, I admittedly did not get into any of the reptilian no. stuff. We'll get very briefly into the idea of uh, lizard people yep. in a few minutes here, but <laughs> a theorist with an anti reptilian blog called Weolawa press yeah. I actually did not click into that website because I just couldn't. Yeah. Please don't. Believes that translated from the Draco's language, I couldn't really figure out too much what that is, except that uh, Draco in Latin is serpent or dragon. Mm-hmm. So it's like little, lizard's language. It's I don't know. a little know. on the nose. Um, there are statements predicting death and destruction for the human race at the hands of the re- reptilian overlords. Yeah. So again, some of these conspiracy theories are a little more out there than others for the record i do not believe in the reptilians no well we might do an episode on reptilians we might because i guess i can't say for sure that they don't exist exactly yeah it maybe is technically unknowable yeah but sure um and again the official statement for a lot of these floor symbols and markings are that they're taken from the navajo language or mm-hmm. they're pulled from the periodic table of elements right so yeah could Just, be nothing could, could be, be everything, everything. So yeah, that's anything else on the floor? No, that's about all I had. Yeah, the black sun was solid. Love, love the the yeah. theory of the black sun just because yeah. it's so out there. It's fascinating, and the whole Australian antigen potentially giving the sort of mechanism for what. What I immediately thought of. Um, so I know you've seen the movie Twelve Monkeys. Mm. If anybody else out there has not seen the movie Twelve Monkeys, it involves the release of a virus that becomes a worldwide sort of epidemic using a um, suitcase at an airport and that's like the beginning of it what i immediately thought of was the gargoyles coming out of suitcases symbolizing like something demonic coming out of a suitcase tied with the australian antigen thing so what if the sort of beginning of this will be from someone carrying a suitcase laden with some sort of biochemical weapon that is released at an airport and what better what better place to release an epidemic disease than at the seventh most used airport in the world? I didn't even think about that concept. And all those people dispersing to different airports, to different countries. Yep. Carrying it everywhere. It's wild. That reminds me of, so (laughs) this is loosely related, but kind of related. Yeah. My mom and I, our mom and I, yes, have been to DC many times. Mm-hmm. And one of the trips we took was with my husband Nate, mm-hmm. and we were at uh, Union Station in DC, which is you know a big train station, mm-hmm. bus station. And I remember we were going to walk in. And, you know, of course, DC is pretty busy. There were all these people walking in, walking out, and. If you don't know me, you probably don't know that I'm like deathly afraid of vomit. Yeah. Gray is as well, really. Yes. Um, but I remember there was a man and it was unclear if he was a traveler or if he was just like a homeless man hanging out outside. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like he had vomited 
and there was like this big kind of open space around him of people just like dodging it. Yep. And it looked like there were a couple dudes from, you know, an ambulance or something coming over to assist him. And I remember, you know, kind of going with the crowd, dodging around this guy who had vomited. Mm-hmm. And of course my first thought, because I'm me yep. is, Oh my God, he's carrying some type of disease, yep. whether this is intentional or not. Mm-hmm. He's got something highly contagious. Yeah. He just vomited amongst a whole crowd of people, yep. many of whom are going to get on a bus. Yep. And buses from Union Station go all over the whole country. Oh, yeah. These are, I mean, there's buses in D.C. going to Chicago, going to California, going mm-hmm. all over the entire country. Oh, yeah. And so my thought was, oh, my God, what if I'm at like the epicenter right now of some massive epidemic and Nate actually made my mom really mad that day because I kept thinking about it and talking about it throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen the movie contagion, I don't know if he was actually singing like the actual music from the movie, but it was like very, it's the movie, the music that you would expect to be in a movie like that, where Mm -hmm. it's just like dun, 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 dun. And Nate just kept, every time I talked about it, he just kept doing that. And my mom eventually was just like, you need to shut the fuck yeah. up in you know, didn't say that, but that's uh, what she was thinking. Cause I, she, he kept freaking me out by doing that music. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Well, like when I lived in Boston for a while, my train stop that I would get off at to go to work was mass general hospital. That oh, was yeah. the, the, the stop on the red line. And, um, when you'd get there, like either I'd be getting on the train or getting off the train with people wearing masks or coughing or like visibly sick or in wheelchairs with, um, IVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was constantly thinking like I am in a metal tube breathing the same air as all these people around me going to, you know, the largest uh, hospital in Boston, which yeah. is a major city. Like I could be exposed to like God knows what. Oh, yeah. And I was always freaked out. And I would, uh, whenever I thought about it, I would kind of just like slip my like shirt over my nose real quick just to be like, cause like, you don't know, like you don't know you could be, you know, patient zero for the next like epidemic. Exactly. My thought initially seeing that guy and again with vomiting being one of those things where if you do have something highly contagious that's spread that way, vomiting is a great way to spread it because it's just forced out of you and (sighs) there's, you know, just stuff coming out both liquid form and in the air. And I was like, why did we have to walk by at this? Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't see him vomit, but just the, it was clearly like right after he had vomited. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, that stuff is probably still floating in the air. Mm -hmm. We potentially breathed it in. And I just could only comfort myself by just thinking like, please let that be some dude who's just really hung over that vomited and not somebody with a horrible illness that Mm -hmm. I now have that again, we're going to take it back to Maine. All these other travelers are getting on buses going all over the places mm-hmm. now. Like all, I just could think about one of those things in the movie where it's like the illustration of the whole country and then yeah. there's just red lines going everywhere. Yep. That's my first exact thought. And that's what it'd be like at Denver International Airport if you released some sort of like deadly contagion. Yeah. You would just be infecting like the whole world. Yeah. Didn't even think about that. It's freaky. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's our long tangent about the floors. Yeah. Um, man. So next topic is underground, everything, tunnels, buildings. So where did that $3 billion go? Exactly. Well, yeah. Many believe that the building itself, the airport itself is a gathering place for government officials and the global elite in case of nuclear Armageddon, Mm -hmm. widespread biological warfare, or any other kind of cataclysmic event. Yep. Um, some people believe that there's some kind of command terminals or FEMA concentration camps. 
um, lizard people, aka reptoids, mm-hmm. live underneath the airport, or even evidence of aliens. Yep. Um, and some believe that there's a tunnel that connects DIA to NORAD. Yep. Which is about 100 miles to the south. In Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah. So, holy crap. So, like, there definitely are tunnels underneath DIA. Huge like, tunnels. That is, that is, there's like, they're big enough for a train to go through. They yeah. were built to be like a rapid transit system. Um, I wasn't clear where they were going to. I think to Denver, maybe. Like, so the, you could take a, you know, the an uh, underground train from Denver to the airport. Hmm. Um, most of them are disused or they're used for storage. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely a network of tunnels underneath DIA. Oh, yeah. The only question is how extensive. Um, exactly. They've mentioned, um, some people have mentioned that like, during construction, um, they would hire one construction company to work on a very isolated part of the project. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you're going to build one tunnel. And then they would fire that construction company and they'd hire another one. So not no single construction company or whatever or foreman had a, a view of the full scope of what was going on at DIA. Exactly. And if you have $3 million, say the terminal, or excuse me, say you have $4.7 billion. Yeah. Say the actual terminal did really cost $1.7 billion. That other $3 billion could have gone to building a huge, extensive underground bunker for the global elite. Yeah. It's not patently ridiculous. It's really not. It's... Yeah, there was somebody who claimed um, to have seen these underground tunnels. Supposedly, he was down there either right before the airport opened or maybe it was like the few days after it opened. Right. He claimed that the underground tunnels were adorned with artwork. Hmm. I'm talking like the way he described it was, quote, some of the finest gold leaf mosaic artistry I've ever seen. Hmm. Artwork that makes Tanguma's beautiful murals pale by comparison. Thereafter, when the trams began operating, those alternate passages were closed. Why do you believe airport financiers would spend vast fortunes commissioning art that travelers would never more see? Hmm. Very strange. Sketchy. Even if the tunnels were to be used, you know, presumably less, like less people would be down there than would be in the main airport. Right. It still wouldn't make sense, even if you intended for people to be down there, right. to put like the fancier artwork in these underground tunnels versus the airport itself. Mm. That's going to be photographed and everybody's going to see. Unless Um, the global elite who are used to billion dollar accommodations need some fancy murals on their, you know, their train to their underground bunker. Exactly. Um, so again, Heath Montgomery explained to the thrillist writer, um, that even if he's asked to, he can't give full tours of the lower levels, which doesn't help the theories. Um, he said, quote, it's either not safe or there's a security reason. So no matter what, there's always something you can't show somebody. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help the case. The airlines lease space from us. So they have a lot of office space, workspace down in the tunnels. That is their space, not ours. Um, so the thrillist writer got in touch with Curtis Fentress, who is the CEO and principal in charge of design for Fentress Architects, who are responsible for building DIA. Um, when asked if there were any underground tunnels or secret bomb shelters, he responded with, quote, well, I can't really speak to it. I'm sworn to secrecy. Hmm. He and the art, the writer of this article, again, this article was not intended to be stoking the fires right. at all. This was not a, a believer right. per se writing. So this was very much supposed to be, like I said, like myth busting, breaking down these 
conspiracy theories to what actually is going on. And even the writer was like, I wasn't sure if he was serious or pulling my leg, but he seemed really serious. And then said that he, Curtis Fentress continued unprompted with quote, I understand that they're going to be creating a tour of some of the underground facilities in the future, in the future at DIA. I just heard that last week. When you go to Moscow, you can go down in the area where they were poised to launch a missile strike against America. And they have this big underground bomb shelter about a hundred feet down in the ground could be similar to that kind of thing with tours to the underground of DIA. Hmm. And this, again, this writer of this article seemed to be perplexed by like, what did that mean? Like that, what? That's wild. So I don't know what that means. Hmm. Um, again, the author of anomalies unlimited, uh, apparently spoke with someone named Alex Christopher, Really unclear. I saw this name Alex Christopher being mentioned on a few different conspiracy theory websites mm-hmm. and a couple seemed to reference this person being a man and then somebody somewhere said that it was a woman. Hmm. So I don't know if Alex Christopher is a man or a woman. Next time on Unknowable. <laughs> yeah. Who is Alex Christopher? But supposedly they did an interview with a group called Leading Edge International Research Group who on their website claim to be quote probing experiential reality with large scale systems research and analysis since 1988. Excuse me. I know also a very painful site to look at aesthetically. Um, (laughs) and just like, I only got a couple paragraphs into this main page of this website and my brain was like buzzing, not in a good way. Like I felt violated. Wow. It was intense. It, the whole front page is just a wall of text in the sense of like they kind of have their little blurb at the top and then it's just like review after review after review of people like you've opened my eyes but apparently you can subscribe for 50 cents a day to get quote essentially an executive summary about what important dynamics are going on in the 18 categories categories they cover which looking through a few of them there was astrological considerations and analyses, social control and theatrical fabrications and anomalies and end game dynamics. Again, just a few of the 18 topics they cover. So this is like a newsletter of sorts where they're kind of like keeping you apprised of what's really going on in the world. So they did an interview in one of their journals with Alex Christopher, who claimed to have inside information about these tunnels. Um, not going to talk about every single thing Alex Christopher said, because again, it was a lot go to anomalies unlimited website and check it out if you would like. Hmm. Um, but supposedly Alex Christopher spoke with a man named Phil Schneider, who was apparently an engineer who had spent many years working in construction, building giant quote, deep underground bases. Hmm. Again, I don't know for which groups, if this was like secret, I don't know. Right. Um, the two of them apparently went into these tunnels under DIA and Schneider kind of commented about how the on the lowest level they were able to access was very hot. So not cool like you'd expect a basement, like an actual ground level to be. Right. He said it felt more like there were levels below that were having heat rising. Oh, interesting. Um, he said, Alex Christopher said that there was at least an eight level deep underground base there and that there was a 4.5 square mile underground city and an 88.5 square mile base underneath the airport. Um, he said he witnessed huge shafts running adjacent to the tram line on both sides, large enough to fit a two lane highway. And at the end of them going out into that 50 square miles of acreage is a huge steel door that they said could fit a massive truck. Uh, every five or six feet along the ceiling across the whole width, there was a pipe with three or four sprinkler heads. 
And ultimately, like he just said that he felt really nauseated being down there that you can like almost physically feel a buzzing of like electricity. Um, and supposedly he saw barbed wire with the barbs pointing inwards, not outwards. Like you're trying to keep somebody in rather than out. Um, yeah. Interesting. So again, supposedly there's lizard people that live down there. I'm not going to go into that. So the one thing I want to say about the lizard people (laughs) is supposedly since there's a network of caves in Colorado, Mm. the reason that DIA was built was almost to, cause like the idea would be that these lizard people have been living in the caves under Colorado for millennia and they built the DIA as like a cap, like a cap to it almost, or Hmm. as a way of like, um, either again, depends on who you talk to. Some people think that the reptilians themselves built DIA as sort of like a capital city or like a central sort of like place that they're running all their, cause if you believe the reptilian people, then like queen Elizabeth, Obama, all these like famous actors are all reptilians. Right. So they already control the world. And so they were building this as their like world capital in Colorado. Cause that's like where they originated in the cave system. Well, again, that's just the tip of the iceberg with the whole reptilian angle. Dang. But if you believe a different school of thought, it's that we're trying to keep the reptilians at bay mm. and they're living underneath in the caverns under Colorado. And so this complex was built as a way of sort of like, containing them which is why the barbed wire would be facing inward rather than outward that's intense right part of why we're not really going into the reptilian thing again is because we don't really subscribe to that as if we're gonna subscribe to any conspiracy theories about the airport the reptilian people is not where we're going but that is one of the beliefs um supposedly there's been sightings and blurry videos of the lizard people apparently airport workers have been known to wear lizard masks as pranks while the media are on tours and apparently one of those pranks was caught on camera nice and that's been a video among others that has been circulated like on youtube and stuff that is uncredited Hmm. and i'm sure if you saw a video of an actual person wearing a lizard mask blurrily in the background of some Hmm. news person yeah i could see that maybe you'd be like oh shit yeah but probably just an airport worker or maybe a lizard person i don't really know or if you're trying to cover up the lizard people what better way than to have people play pranks where they dress up as fake lizards exactly the same it's it's technically unknowable technically unknowable technically i mean technically we can say that most things are unknowable right so that's our our excuse for (laughs) talking about this show exists exactly um as far as the tunnel to norad uh norad if you don't know is the north american aerospace defense command yes um some people think that's a ridiculous idea since the world's currently the world's longest underground rail tunnel is the Swiss Alps traversing Gothard base tunnel. Um, less than half of that length. It's only 35 and a half-ish miles, and it took more than a decade to excavate and construct it. Hmm. Obviously, we don't know what they were up to. Maybe yeah. they do have tunnels. There's supposedly, you can find maps, again, if you want to dig deeper into the tunnels theory, right. you can find supposed maps that show DIA being connected to all kinds of oh, yeah. weird places in that sort of part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really look into it, there's all kinds of ideas of like where it leads to. I mean, I have to say it doesn't seem patently ridiculous to me that there would be. So if you have, um, at Cheyenne mountain, you have NORAD, which is this giant underground complex that is meant to, um, with like, like when you Google a picture of it, like the blast door that is at the, um, entrance of this is like 
as thick as a house. So it's like moving a whole house just to like close the door. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meant to withstand nuclear strikes, like a direct nuclear strike. Um, and so I guess it would make sense that you would have, you know, Denver's the closest major metropolitan area to NORAD. And so it would make sense that you'd have this massive airport that can accommodate, you know, say, for example, like the president or whatever needed to get to NORAD to withstand a nuclear strike. Mm. Air Force One flies into DIA, gets spirited underground to um, a train tunnel that goes straight to NORAD. And the whole time they're traveling underneath the ground, they're protected from nuclear strikes and they get to NORAD and they're totally safe. Exactly. That makes sense to me logically. Um, And I could totally see how you would, you know, hide the construction of this tunnel by building this giant airport and then all these other conspiracy theories crop up and you, they kind of like, Hey, let's like, th- like throw some gasoline on the fire of like the whole lizard people thing. Cause it distracts from our NORAD tunnel. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Which even, I mean, yeah, we'll get into our ultimate theories, but to briefly touch on my ultimate theory about this, it would make sense, yeah, that you would even make the airport a little bit crazier up top than it needs to be right. with these very controversial murals, with some weird symbolism, right. with whatever else, like the gargoyles and all the weird shit to, yeah, kind of throw fuel in the fire and just to be like, oh, isn't there all this wild shit? And then when you throw in the idea of underground tunnels leading to NORAD for the global elite or whatever, right. it kind of just, and when it gets put into this pile of other things, it's mm-hmm. like... You know. It's almost like the least interesting aspect of it. Exactly. So people are going to latch on to like, you know, like the lizard people and like the murals and stuff because it's more fun to talk about. But like, oh, like a train tunnel going to NORAD is like, yeah, that's probably what's happening. But like, uh, who cares about that? Let's talk about the murals. Yeah. Makes sense. It's distraction. Misdirection like a magician. Exactly. So, yeah, again, there's way more about tunnels and things, but that's the the gist. Mm. Um, One of the theories that we'll get into next is uh, ancient burial grounds. So some theorize that DIA was built on ancient native American burial grounds and that the native American chants. So there's a pedestrian bridge that leads from the main Jepson terminal building uh, to concourse a there's just a nonstop loop playing of native American chants in that pedestrian bridge, which is kind of weird anyways, like 24 hours a day. There's just chanting happening in that uh, tunnel. Um, so some say that these were initiated by officials as a way to kind of placate any angry spirits who might want to like pull a poltergeist on the airport and freak <laughs> out and, wow, you know, Seems like um, a shitty way to go about it. Yeah. The <clears throat> Navajo writing on the floors and the like dead native American women seen in the murals don't really help matters. Yeah. Right. As far as the theories go. Um, again, officially DIA spokespeople say that little archaeological archaeological evidence of Native American burial sites has ever been found around DIA, and they assume the rumors started after there was a ceremony performed around the time of the groundbreaking for the airport in the late 1980s by various Native American shamans to kind of bless the new facility. So they're assuming that that happened and people were like, oh, they're blessing it because they're building it on these burial sites. That is a weird thing to have. Like, it's not like a standard, like, right? yeah, I don't oh, know let's if call that's the Native normal. American shaman to bless our, that's like a weird. Yeah. Like, I know my thought was like, is that just like kind of a maybe more Southwest thing mm. that might be more common? I mean, that probably doesn't really happen here in Maine. Mm. So is that just something we're not familiar with or is, was that truly unusual? Right. 
don't know. Interesting. Um, there's an article in, again, that alt weekly that we mentioned before Westward, mm. which a paper that calls itself quote, the independent voice of Denver since 1977. Um, this article from May 31st, 1995, that talks about a man named Lance Allrunner, an emissary of Denver mayor, Wellington Webb, the mayor at the time, mm. um, who, Allrunner apparently traveled to the Cheyenne Indian reservations in Oklahoma and Montana earlier in 1995 to confer with leaders of the tribe about ancient spirits allegedly agitated during the construction of DIA. So Allrunner, who is part Cheyenne himself, was a volunteer member of the city's, quote, DIA Spiritual Resolution Committee. Uh, He convinced representatives of the Montana Cheyenne to come to DIA and perform a nighttime ritual to calm the spirits um, over Easter weekend in 1995. So he said, whenever spirits are disturbed, it seems like bad things come about. Um, apparently reimbursement for his travel costs came from this obscure branch of city government in Denver called the agency for human rights and community, community relations. Their mission was kind of like to put a face on city hall to kind of reach out more directly to people. So, it doesn't really look great that a member of, even if it was kind of, a, apparently it was a very controversial branch of the city government, right. did some weird things, but ultimately was being paid for by the city government. Yeah. Went to these tribal leaders to get them to come and do this, like, kind of not secretive necessarily, but like more no. covert nighttime ritual to calm these spirits that he believed were disturbed. Yeah. It's not great. That's wild. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot to digest. It's a lot. And when you when you connect this too to that it's so close geographically to like um Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. And so you have a very rich sort of like history of paranormal things happening in this general area adjacent to a rich history of Native Americans living there. Yeah. It makes some sense that they'd have to sort of like placate some spirits here and there. Oh yeah. Building this giant headquarters for the global elite. Well again, like it's such a huge space that they took up even if a lot of the acreage is not used it's still just a lot that you would think in an area where there's potentially native american burial grounds that it would be hard i think maybe to find a huge swath of space like that where you weren't gonna disturb anything Hmm. so yeah that's that's that um a small little thing is supposedly the runways are constructed in the shape of a swastika (laughs) small thing (laughs) it's no big deal i mean I can see how that is just like the uh, the most efficient way to organize runways. Yeah. Um, I, I can see that. But when you look at an overhead view, it is, I mean, it's not a perfect swastika, but no. you can you can see it. You can see it. If you, yeah, if you know to look, it, I would say it's not obvious enough to me anyways that if I just saw the picture without any context that I'd be like, whoa, whoa right. Nazi shit. Accidental swastika. But yeah, if you see it with like a swastika laid over it, you're kind of oh, like, oh, oh yeah. All right. And given all the other sort of Nazi connections. Again, yeah, by itself, I don't I would never just look like any other airport that had no weird shit going on, I wouldn't be like fucking Nazis. Mm-hmm. But in the context of everything else, yeah. Um, yeah, officially the rotating fan-shaped design allows for optimal takeoff into and against the wind from different directions depending on weather and traffic patterns exactly what you'd say if you you were trying to disguise your fucking nazi runway yeah which again you could say why bother like why even have a swastika 
anywhere. Right. It's not necessary. Even like, to my knowledge, even the Nazis didn't build a swastika shaped runway. Right. So, so take maybe it's just people it trying a little too hard. Right. Maybe again, it's just misdirection. Right. Maybe it really isn't swastika shaped at all. I don't know. It's unknowable. It's unknowable. So there's that. Um, but there was a big deal made. So next thing is a certain statue. Oh yeah. There was a huge deal made about this statue of Anubis, yep. who was the ancient Egyptian god of death. Yep. Um, death. Everybody's death riding a pale horse. Exactly. Yeah. Just theme of death all around. Um, people freaked out even at the time, saying like terrible symbolism for an airport. This is terrible. Like who wants to think about death? Yeah. At the airport. That's, um, I mean, that's that's fair. It's fair. The kind of disappointing part. So I kind of went into this thinking like, oh my God, they just have the statue of Anubis in the airport. That's really random. No, it was, uh, so in 2010, the Denver art museum was doing a temporary traveling exhibit, Mm. um, for King Tut. Right. And the statue of Anubis was put up at the airport kind of as a marketing, you know, go see the art museum. It was going to be great. Or was it? <laughs> so Anubis had traveled all over the country. Yeah. So this was not commissioned by the airport. Right. This was nothing to do with the airport specifically. It was just like, I can't think of a similar example, but you know, yeah, this was not like the airport was like, yeah, this is our newest weird art installation. Yeah. It's like our mascot. Yeah. So they were very vocal about like, no dudes. Yeah. This is just, and again, maybe like, could there have been a better choice? Yes, but it seems 100%. like it was the art museum right. that was at fault for that, not the airport. So I see that kind of tossed around. It's like in a lot of articles about like, there's a fucking ancient Egyptian god of death in the airport. It wasn't. It's yeah. not even there anymore. It was probably only there for months, right. I would guess. Maybe a year tops. I don't know exactly. But yeah. again, it was a temporary exhibit at the art museum. So um, next up, windshield crackings. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about this? I did not. Oh, man. Okay. This is cool. Hit me with it. Again, I could go, I could have gone deeper. Right. Didn't. But on February 16th, 2007, 14 aircraft suffered windshield fractures within a three and a half hour period at the airport. Oh, weird. Okay. These are 14 different aircrafts, 26 windshields in total. So there's like front windshields and side windshields. Oh, yeah. So it was 26 total on 14 separate aircraft. These were different types of airplanes right. different uh airlines this was not like one area one type of plane one right. whatever this was all over the airport hmm. some were in flight some were just sitting at the airport Weird. uh the spokesman at the time for the federal aviation administration alan Kenitzer, said quote we believe it is very remarkable to have this number of events in the same area at the same time hmm. um there were all kinds of like possible explanations. Like one of the planes or a couple were like plugged into some electrical source. And so they believe that something like shorted out and it caused it. But then like a bunch of the other planes weren't Hmm. the national transportation safety board opened an investigation, determined that foreign object damage was the cause. They said possibly the sharp sand used earlier that winter for traction purposes combined with like, there were wind gusts of like 50 miles an hour that day. Hmm. Um, but no additional damage was found on parts of the planes besides the windshields. So it wasn't like there was, and there was no other debris found. There was no other, like there was nothing. Yeah. If, if, if that's like strong and if it's strong enough 
to like whip sand hard enough to fracture a windshield, it's hard enough to like scrape paint off as well. Yeah, you would think so. You would think. So, and again, like some of these planes were just sitting. So it's not even like all these planes were taking off or landing and were having debris hitting. Right. It just, it was bizarre. So there isn't really, I didn't see too much about like a theory per se about that, but it was a just theory. a weird, I you have a theory? theory? Yeah. Of course hey, you uh, Imagine like a supersonic UFO buzzing, like just <laughs> going by and that sonic boom fractured a bunch of windshields there you go like those videos you see of like a, an explosion from far away and then all of a sudden all like the windows break in a building oh yeah that's my theory it makes some sense there's definitely uh we will get into in a moment uh some ufo sightings oh yeah by the airport so i mean is... if you have the cheyenne mountain complex 100 miles north you have skinwalker ranch 300 miles west true there's a lot of you know this gen- roswell is like a few hundred miles south there's um you know it's a UFO sort of like hotbed. And yeah. you know, when you're in a UFO that can travel at the speed of light, what's 300 miles? Exactly. They're going all over. Right. They don't care. So that was weird. Um, which leads us into UFO sightings. Um, there was an account on MUFON, yeah. which is the mutual UFO network. Oh yeah. If you don't know, it's a US based nonprofit organization composed of civilian volunteers who study alleged UFO sightings. There's four thousand members worldwide with chapters and representatives in more than 43 countries in all 50 states whoa pretty badass that's cool um i love it um so there's these two pilots that had a ufo encounter over dia um flying salt lake to denver they saw this brilliant bluish white object as they ascended some 60 miles northwest of dia they basically like leveled off they noticed it off to their right what seemed to be the same altitude as them. And it, they said it appeared to be another aircraft ascending parallel, but it was extremely bright as though they were looking directly into its landing lights. Um, they asked the air traffic controller if he could see any other aircraft. And he said, no. Whoa. And they had no indication of another craft on their onboard collision avoidance display either. They saw it for a few minutes and then it completely disappeared. Hmm. Just gone. Um, like they watched it disappear, which is freaky. That's freaky. And there were another couple friends in September 2009 who were um, one friend driving another to the airport. They reported to UFO World News that they had been driving and saw a very large, dark, rectangular shape in the sky north, northwest of DIA. They both agreed that it looked like a huge house with no roof. Are you freaking out right now? Very strange. Uh, they said the bottom and the sides were very straight and squared off. The top was straight, but not as linear. And the other sides were, uh, and it was a bit fuzzy on the top and right. And they believed it to be 10 miles or more away. They said planes taking off and landing by the airport were tiny in comparison to this thing. Like they estimated like one, one hundredth of the size of this thing. And they watched it for like a minute and they looked away and they went back and it was gone. Hmm. Strangely, two of the only UFO sightings that I found. Yeah, you would um, think there'd be more. You would think there'd be more. And I think there really are if you, again, like a whole section of theories that if you got into UFO sightings in conjunction with DIA, I think there'd be a lot more. Um, just on top of all the other oh, yeah. conspiracy theories with this, it was like low on the chain of what I really dove into. Hmm. But for the shit. record that that first one where you're flying from salt lake city to denver mm. gotta fly right over skinwalker ranch oh damn you're right right over it right in the path shit yeah they said that they were like not quite to denver yet they were like 60 ish miles away so interesting still they were kind of between mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, and kind of along those same lines, not a UFO encounter, but just another weird encounter. Um, there was a dude claiming that him and his brother were like exploring the area. They were like a mile away from the airport, kind of like on an adventure that I feel like we would be on. Just like, let's just check out some weird shit. Right. They saw a lot of weird things. He said, uh, communication equipment kind of surrounded by small buildings jutting out of random fields and lots of underground markers, like indicators of buried pipelines, cables, whatever. They discovered a trash dump site, maybe 50 feet off the road and went to check it out and found dozens of violently destroyed VHS tapes. Wow. Wow. What accent was that? (laughs) VHS tapes, CDs, cassettes, and old data tape reels. They said like plastic of the things destroyed, like the actual um, like reels, like sliced up into millions of little pieces. Just clearly like whoever was destroying this did not want these to be found and viewed. Wouldn't you just burn it? Right. I know. It was like in white trash bags. I don't mean to tell the the Illuminati how to do their job. Yeah. If we're not going to get disappeared for everything else we've talked about, you're about to get disappeared for that. Talked shit about their, (laughs) for criticizing their their destruction methods. Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, they were standing around the car kind of talking about what they saw. And they, he said they heard like a very distinctive, like whoop whoop of a police car, but there was no vehicle in sight, like nothing nearby that could have made that noise. Hmm. But they took that as their indication to like, let's get out of here. Get the fuck out of there. Go to their car and it will not, turn on of course despite the fact that they had just got like a new battery in the car like a week before Hmm. should not have been dead so they walked like a mile to get help and they returned thanks to somebody helping them about an hour later and found out that the car which had obviously been left there not working had been very neatly but meticulously searched the memory card from his brother's camera was missing as well as like the guy had grabbed a little piece of uh, you know, one of the tape reels yeah. brought back to his car and that was also gone. Weird. And now the car worked just fine. That's wild. Yeah. Huh. So again, this is just some rando dude yeah. saying this. So who knows? But who knows? Um, I want to believe. I want to believe. So yeah, so that's all that stuff. And then basically the a lot of the info about the construction itself is suspect. We've touched on a lot of this already. But um, again, the belief that the airport didn't even need to be built. Mm-hmm. Stapleton was superior the massively over budget. There's even some theories about who gave some of that money to bring them over budget. Like the yep. CIA potentially gave millions of dollars, just like get it done. Right. Which is sketchy. Um, again, the theory being that they went over budget cause they're building like a super swank underground lair. Yeah. Um, the different contractors being hired and fired to prevent anybody from knowing the full scope some even not only were there tunnels underneath the ground, but supposedly there were like five complete buildings and some runways constructed that were, they were just like, oops, wrong location and just buried them yeah. instead of destroying them. They just covered them up, huh. which seems like inefficient at best. Right. And very strange. Um, and again, some people think that that was done in an effort to kind of normalize the fact that there were these underground things. Right. Um, supposedly there was granite imported from all around the world for the flooring inside the airport, which seems yep. like a very unnecessarily costly thing to do when you're already over budget. Right. Um, it's one of the people that I read about said that it was already in a very flat area, but much of the land was like extensively lowered and raised for construction. Yeah. There's like weird roof construction on the airport which again if you look up pictures of dia it's bizarre looking it looks like it's supposed to like emulate teepees yeah it's 
this sort of Teflon coated woven fiberglass. So it looks like the top of tents mm-hmm. and it apparently reflects 90% of the sunlight and doesn't conduct heat, which some people would point out that you can't see in the place with radar or see heat signatures. Ew. Right. Um, and then part of the construction thing is in 2008, they announced plans to build a 14 story, 500 room Weston hotel connected to DIA. Not unusual in itself. Of course, the official thing is like, naturally, a lot of airports have hotels right. nearby or attached. That's just for travelers. Right. Um, but some people would say that it's a convenient cover, a place for NWO members to meet and an effective cover to people to check in, take the elevator to the underground base and disappear for stretches of time. Huh. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that's so, yeah, I mean, that touches on all the theories that we go over. But if you look into this more, you can find info about everything that we've talked about, as well as like links to the Bushes, the Clintons, mm-hmm. satanic rituals, literally involving human infants being sacrificed, uh, links to China, terrorist threats, secret missile attacks, missing people, photoshopped pictures of young Obama by the murals. I saw that. Phallic symbols that outraged a bunch of Christians, genocide, the murals causing hypnosis. There is like no fucking end yeah to the theories about this place but we just talked about the biggest of the bunch right so one sort of like last tangential piece to this yes <clears throat> so this is probably gonna be an unknowable topic in and of itself mm. but have you heard of the georgia guidestones oh yeah yes very very briefly very briefly so in rural georgia there is this monument i guess you could call it that was built um in the early eighties, I believe um, it's, it, they call it like, like the American Stonehenge or whatever. It's basically three um, kind of like the monolith from to the 2001 a space odyssey. It's kind of like three of those standing vertically in kind of a triangular shape with one more like capstone on top of it. Mm. Um, similar to like uh, the original um, Stonehenge. Yes. Um, and on it is these instructions on how to build a better, civilization after some sort of cataclysmic event um, in several different languages. Um, And it's weird because a lot of like the sort of what it says to do in order to build a specific better civilization is very similar to sort of what's foretold in the murals at DIA. So it's like maintain humanity under 5 million in perpetual balance with nature, balance with nature specifically um, that one mural at DIA is called like, harmony with nature or whatever mm-hmm. um guide reproduction wisely um improving fitness and diversity which is like a eugenics thing interesting unite humanity with a living new language one one language one world government um <clears throat> uh, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts one world government um let all nations rule Internally resolving external disputes in a world court, establishment of a world court. Um, Balance personal rights with social duties, giving up your rights. Um, Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Whoa. Uh, Along with some other stuff too, but um, the sort of, so the person who commissioned these is unknown. It's this person whose pseudonym was R.C. Christian. Um, They kind of showed up in this rural town hired these stone builders to build it and then disappeared before they were even done. And then he would like call every once in a while and like give 
instructions on how to build it or whatever. So it's this weird, mysterious thing that nobody knows who built it. Um, it's just supposed to be um, somebody who was working on behalf of, quote, a small group of loyal Americans Whoa. who funded this thing. Super weird, super sketchy, but um, it's a very similar sort of like worldview as to the worldview that is at the Denver International Airport. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll do an episode on this in and of itself. But um, oh yeah, and another thing is that all like those ten um, rules to live by are written in like a variety of different languages: English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. Hmm. So like those murals of all the kids from the different countries coming together. Seems like a weirdly connected sort of like weird monument, weird unknowable topic. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is on our list because I remember looking very briefly into that to be like, what the fuck is this? The fuck is that? Yeah. 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 I did see some mention to that in a couple of the websites that went really deep into it mentioned oh, yeah. it being very similar. It's like the same worldview. Yeah. And a small group of loyal Americans. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Sounds very familiar. Very Masonic. Yeah, exactly. So, dang. Theories? Um, <laughs> man. So, <laughs> so, I really don't think, so yeah, the overall theories, again, we went over many, many theories. The main theories that abound are this being sort of a hub right. for some type of global group. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't know how I feel about most of the groups of theories. I do think that like, if I was going to rest anywhere on a overarching theory, it would definitely be it being a cover for that kind of underground hiding. I don't even really want to say hiding place underground bunker. Yeah. Basically a place. Yeah. It's a cover for, global elite of some type whether it's actually new world order or military military masons i don't know it's i feel like there definitely is a vibe of this being some type of big cover-up yeah for something i don't think there's there are lizard people no i don't think that there's like you know little buttons to press for biological warfare necessarily right i do think that maybe it could be some type of, yeah, they need some type of outward thing to be like, yeah, we took all this land we built all this stuff. Right. We spent all this money that maybe there is something underneath there, whether it is literally just like in case some shit goes down, right. we need a place to go. Or is it a place again, like the hotel being a convenient place or like, do they go there and have meetings? Do they go underground and do other things? Right. I don't know, but at the very least, I think it's gotta be, some type of place for them to escape to. Right. Um, most likely at destruction that probably comes at their own hands. I fully which, agree. Which is the funny thing that it's not, Oh shit. Like the world's being destroyed by, um, you know, whatever shit we're doing to like our atmosphere and our environment and all of that stuff with like global warming and all that. Right. But most, I mean, which even then you could argue is done at people's hands, but right. more than likely some type of apocalyptic event that is actually happening because of the global elite that are escaping. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's your theory? I pretty much agree that I don't, I don't believe in lizard people. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole Masonic angle to it, I feel like is more of just a 
coincidence. Like I think that the Masons, I'm in my mind, the jury's out of the Masons, whether or not they're an actual sort of like secret organization that controls things behind the scenes, or if they're just a group of like old dudes who just want to feel like they're in a secret society. I still don't know. Um, My gut says that there's something built under the DIA that is secret and not known of. And I think it's probably more pedestrian than a new world order or something like that. I think it's probably just a military complex. Mm. Um, either it's like a bunker, like even if it's just like in a, a not yet used, um, uh, bomb shelter or bunker, or it's an enlargement of the Cheyenne mountain complex. And it's sort of like, maybe it's like a civilian living quarters or something. And, there's a train that takes you between the two. I, there's some, I think there's something down there or there's something weird at the DIA. Mm. And I think that a lot of coincidences have come together to make it seem like this giant conspiracy theory when really the answer is more pedestrian. I think there's still something secret, but I don't think it's quite so fanciful of a thing as like, oh, like the, you know, the, the third, like members of like the Third Reich escaped Germany and like are have infiltrated like the government and are working behind the scenes to build the new world order. Yeah. I think a lot of like the, you know, like the murals in and of themselves are like a weird coincidence. The floor markings in and of themselves are a weird coincidence. And if those had been anywhere else, it would just kind of be like a weird footnote. Like, Oh, by the way, check out these weird fucking murals. Yeah. But then you add it all together and it becomes this snowball where it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you can find symbolism in the smallest things. And so I yeah. think it's grown bigger than it really is. But I do think that it started with the kernel of truth, that there's something weird, something military under the ground there. Mm. Maybe similar to Skinwalker Ranch, where one of our theories was that there's an underground military base there, mm-hmm. um, that they're testing experimental aircraft. Very possible. That could have been what cracked the windshields. Right. Um, and maybe, you know, uh, the underground military complex at Skinwalker Ranch is connected to the Denver International Airport and connected to Cheyenne Mountain. And it's this interconnected patchwork of underground military facilities that will one day be used after a global thermonuclear war. Right. But, but yeah. Yeah. Something weird is happening. I want to believe that something weird is happening. I really, I don't see how there's nothing weird happening. Right. Basically, I don't totally know what is happening, but I know there's got to be something. And we gave like a very brief overview. Yeah. Of all of this. This might be our longest episode. Yeah. And this was still brief for this particular topic. We skipped a bunch of stuff. We could have gone way deeper in all of this. Yeah. There probably could have been a multi-part episode for this. Oh, yeah. But we decided just to do one, again, lengthy episode diving fairly deep into most of these things. But again, not as deep as you could. Oh, yeah. And like we said, there's a lot of websites you can go to to find out more. And some of it does get pretty, pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. Pretty if you, intense. If you're new to conspiracy theories, this is a good jumping off point to sort of find a lot of, like, find breadcrumbs to different conspiracy theories and different central figures. Like, if you go into, like, the whole Bush family, mm. like Prescott Bush and what he would, like, there's a lot. There's oh, a lot yeah. here. And so you can kind of use this as a jumping off point to find a lot of more interesting reading material that is all unknowable unknowable yeah so let us know what you think yeah have you ever been to the denver national airport did you get any weird vibes 
Have you seen any lizard people? Are it's, you a lizard person? Are you? Tell us. Tell us now. <laughs> but yeah, episode 36 of Unknowable. 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 Love you.